Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, welcome to the Husker 24-7 Hoopcast. This is uh, Brian Christofferson. I've got my Back to the Future vest on. Um, I'm joined by Michael Bronze. Special to have you in the chair, Bronze. You're uh, you're uh, pinch hitting for a bit while Schaefer's out, and yeah. uh, we're glad to have you. Thanks for having me. Uh, this is my maiden voyage. We'll see how it goes. I'm sure that uh, my takes won't be nearly as hot, but we can we can get in the weeds a little bit with some hoops. Yeah. Um, well, it's good stuff to talk about right now. So, um, 68-49 win over Penn State on uh saturday early uh it was brunch at the bank um did you do you whip up something special to watch the boys or uh or no little little benedict little benedict yeah. for the when the nittany lions are in town i feel like that's a, a classic dish yeah it was 11 a.m tip it was a sold out crowd it was a little sleepy and the game was kind of sleepy uh i wrote that that was fine for nebraska because uh if if this was a game where we were like uh, really talking about how it went down to the wire as 77, 74 or something. I think that'd actually be more alarming. So 
I guess my basic takeaway, Bruns, was the defense, which you hope is now going to be portable on the road for these last few games, uh, for the second straight game was really dialed in, and they they held Penn State 26 points below their season average. So, yeah, it was kind of a not not as exciting of an instant classic game as we've seen at PBA, but it's also just exactly what Nebraska wanted as far as uh, you know helping with their their chase toward the toward the brackets. What what was your level of concern coming into it? Because I mean, when you kind of tick off all the things that you know, you could probably file in the concerning category. An 11 a.m. tip at home, I, I think, would probably be on that list for me. I mean, they were coming off of a week a week off, which was badly needed. But I always feel like whenever you get to that point in the season and you're like kind of in the rhythm of things, like an extended break like that can sometimes backfire a little bit on you. But like what going into that game, I mean, what was what was kind of your concern with this team and their them being able to kind of get back into the flow of things. I was pretty worried about it from Nebraska's end, honestly, um, because of the reasons you mentioned. And, you know, Penn State, I know uh, they're sort of going a, a roster shift right now. Um, Kanye Clary didn't play and now he's not on the team anymore um, for them. Um, so that was a story on their end. But uh, even without him, he'd been limited or hadn't played a lot lately going into that game. And they'd been playing their best basketball. So you, you, you could say, yeah, he wasn't on the floor, but um, they had won two road games basically without him uh, against Rutgers and Indiana by 14 and 15 points, respectively. I was worried about their press um, because it's not exactly like Maryland's, but there's some similarities in that sort of challenge. And Nebraska did not respond well at Maryland, obviously. Um, but it really wasn't a factor. Nebraska did turn it over 13 times, which is a little high, but they ended up plus two on turnovers and won the points off turnovers. And that was really the stat I thought going in that where Penn State could cause a hassle and and win the game if, if they ended up getting a bunch of as uh, Hoiberg calls them, pick sixes. It's nice. He kind of relates it to our football brains. Um, you have to. John Cook yeah. does that. It's like yeah. it's part of the deal. Yeah, he's like, what What can I get say to get through to these guys where they'll kind of understand <laughs> what I'm talking about here? So, yeah, there weren't a lot of pick sixes uh, high-stepping the other way for Penn State in this one, which uh, when it got into a half-court game, it was not like your people were right. It wasn't easy on the eyes. But I think it actually favored Nebraska, just sort of the way it played out and being a grinder. Yeah, the you mentioned it in your kind of first go through. The how I guess the the rebounding stuck out to me a little bit in this game. You know, the the defense obviously was kind of the story of the day. Big picture, do you think that they're kind of over the hump with the just getting dominated on the boards and just looking completely disinterested in rebounding? Or is that just kind of in the DNA and you're hoping it's kind of, you know, a yeah. little bit, you know, down, down, pushed down a little bit. I mean, do you, do you feel like the effort that they gave on Saturday is something that can kind of sustain them over the last five games of the regular season? I'm hoping it's pushed down a little bit. That's sort of where I would categorize it. I don't think it's something you can just say, uh, they've all they've figured out, especially because when they go on the road, it's just been a completely different story with rebounding for whatever reason. 
Um, they were plus 11 in this game, though. Penn State's not a great team on the boards, but they did it. They have some good athletes where you kind of wondered, um, sort of like a mini Minnesota slash Rutgers test. You know, when you think about their type of athletes they have on the front line, they've caused problems for Nebraska. And we'll see how the Huskers handled at PBA in those last two games. But the Penn State guys just couldn't get through. I think their top guy rebounding wise had six boards. How is that going to now transfer to Indiana? I know they're scuffling and and their season seems like it's circling the drain. But Khalil Ware is coming off. You know, he's a seven footer and he had 16 boards against Northwestern um, and played really well in that game. So that that's still a little bit of a worry point for me going into this one. Like, how's that? It was nice at PBA. Now, what's it going to look like at Assembly Hall? Um, And hopefully this isn't a game where with 12 minutes left, everybody on social media is like tracking the offensive board count of the other team or the turnover count of Nebraska. If we can avoid both those things, I think the Huskers can win it. Is there value in winning a game like Saturday where you just kind of it's not pretty. You kind of did what you had to. I mean, I, th- this team seems to be one where they've, you know, really kind of gotten out and just, you know, beaten up on teams at times. But, I mean, it it's just kind of a slow grinder. Like, it just feels like there's going to be a couple of those games down the stretch here that you're going to have to win. Yeah. I, I thought it was a very satisfying win. And the, the Hoiberg said it. I thought it was the quote of the post game where he he noted, you know, they were four of 21 from three-point range. And to shoot like that and still win by 19, he he was pointing out was a good sign because it meant a lot of other categories were right, and especially on the defensive end. And I seriously think that's going to be the thing that decides this down the stretch. It's when you go on the road, you often do have like that three to five minute lull in a game where you struggle to score it. But can you combat that by giving Indiana or Ohio state one of those as well, you know, where they scuffle for like four minutes or if you're having a a drought, can you make it a deal where Indiana only has a four zero run as opposed to a 12 two run or 12, you know what I mean? Like that sort of thing where your defense holds up, even when you're not seeing the ball go through the hoop. That's what they did really well Saturday, and I thought that was encouraging. Not as easy to do on the road when you don't have the support and all that, but um, that that that's where you hope that carryover comes into play. What what else did you kind of take away from that game? I mean, you, you said it was satisfying. I mean, I just from an aesthetically pleasing point of view, I wouldn't say that, but I mean, it the, it's the type of game that a, a snoozer is okay there, I guess. Was there anybody yeah. else that, that kind of stood out to you at the way that they played that may not have really kind of shown up on the stat sheet? Yeah, uh, Bryce Williams, I think, is like, you know, he had two points, but um, they shut down Ace Baldwin. And that that, that was a, a big concern point going in. Um, you know, w- we do this with football sometimes. You know that I kind of push back on the ugly win thing. Like it gets used a lot. Um, I use it. Everybody does. Um, but I just don't think it exists at this time of year, especially yeah. if you're like an eight or nine point favorite and you and you win going away. So I thought um, Nebraska just didn't shoot it that well. And their offensive efficiency was a little clunky. I think there was some reason for it. Um, Penn State's pressure uh, defense. 
Hoiberg would tell you sort of forces guys into different spots on the floor than they're, they're usually um, at in the offense. And so it maybe throws the rhythm off a little bit um, in that regard. Nonetheless, you're going to have to shoot it better going forward. But I thought Bryce was really good. I thought Sam Hoiberg and just the job they did on Baldwin. He had two points and two assists with eight minutes left in the game. And it was a 23 point game. And he's the guy like for those who are watching like Big Ten basketball this year, and there's more of them around Nebraska that are like dialed in now. He can be like a dude who you're like, oh, man, he's a problem. Like you're watching a game on a random Tuesday night. He's just causing he had five steals, but he has games like that where he'll have 15 points, four steals, you know, eight assists. And it felt like he was really muted in this game. And I thought that was the key. Going on the road again, I mean, are, in your mind, is there a guy or two that just kind of have to kind of stir the drink, so to speak, to kind of change the fortunes on the road? Like, it, mm-hmm. I think at times it kind of feels like, you know, you, you're maybe not going to play your best, but if a guy can kind of have one of those games or like, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, who who needs to kind of step up over these last five to kind of reverse their fortunes on the road a little bit more than what they've done so far in conference? Yeah, you could pick any of the like eight lead guys in the rotation, but Jawan Gary comes to my mind first because um, always described as a junkyard dog. He had that game. Everyone always still kind of goes back to against K-State where it showed like him at his absolute best when he's just a, a real problem for the other side on the boards. And so if he can be that type of guy, um, to help clean up some of the defensive rebounds, I think it's going to be huge. Like, remember, he got injured in that Rutgers game with eight to 10 minutes left. And that's when Nebraska sort of fell off the cliff. Yeah. So, um, against Cliff, by the way. Yeah. Um, you see that? Um, yeah. I, I so, saw what you did. There's no, yeah. no filler on the roof reference like you made a couple of weeks ago, but yeah. Kind of walked into it accidentally. It's not that good. But anyway, I think Joan, I think Joan Gary um, would be the name I would say. And then there's got to be like a wild card, right? Where like CJ Wilcher has been sort of quiet the last three or four games and it hasn't really mattered. But like you're going to need like one game from him on the road, maybe where he pops in and hits like four threes. You know, obviously, if Casey went off like he did against Illinois, um, that that makes Nebraska a completely different team. Um, and then the guy who's really stepped up coming off the bench is Jamarcus Lawrence. For whatever reason, he just feels more comfortable, I think, gelling with the guys he comes in with um, and and being in that sort of situation. And on Saturday, he had eight points, but four of them were in the first half and they were two buckets where he went coast to coast and just beat Penn State down the floor. And in a game that was kind of a slog, it was it was kind of a big deal at the time. It got Nebraska at least some points and got him in front so i think if jamarcus can play smart on the road limit the turnovers and you know hit a couple shots like that that could go a long way in some of these games that are going to be decided by three or five points is it as simple with him as just kind of having his role more clarified yeah maybe i don't i don't exactly get why it has not why it seems like it's different but it does i've always appreciated that he is figuring this out as he goes and it's a tough assignment and and people always say oh man they they don't have that true point guard what you know how that end up being a hole in the roster well, i mean you got to remember aaron Euless was supposed to be that guy and um he'll probably be here next year and but jamarcus i think is growing where 
if you give him in even next season, I think he could be pretty good at it. And the one thing I do like about him is he's incredibly fast with the ball in his hands. Like, um, and I, I think he catches teams off guard the first time or two. He, he, mm-hmm. he scoots down the court and you, he can usually get a kind of a bucket or a look for a layup. So that could be a big deal in a game where every point's going to matter on the road. But I, yeah, I don't know. It, it just feels like maybe it's, he comes in with Sam and some of those guys and they're, they're kind of in on it together. And, um, he, he, it's a role he was familiar with last year when he had success. So maybe it, it brings some of that into his, his biorhythms or whatever it is. Biorhythms was a term. I used to have a Nintendo baseball game and you would, you would change your lineup in and out by the guy's biorhythm. So I always <laughs> think of that. I don't even know if it is an actual, like a, a big thing or not. I don't know if they'd use that in a medical terms or anything, but uh, they did in Nintendo baseball, like 92 or something. That seems very uh, medically sound. I think if, if if you're not having a great day, the biorhythms are off a little bit. Got to get them yeah. out. Yeah. So uh, his biorhythms are good, I think, coming off the bench. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, so so Indiana coming up on Wednesday night on the road. What, what do you make of this matchup? I mean, it, you know, in Lincoln, it was kind of a, a no stress kind of day. Nebraska wins by 16. Uh, what what scares you about this game? Where do you think Nebraska can can uh, maybe has the advantage? I guess going into this one. Um, what scares me is where the seven footer, um, like having a game where he has fifteen rebounds or something, um, and Indiana just getting a lot of um, second chance opportunities. Where I think Nebraska can make hay is I do not think Indiana is that good at point guard. Um, you know, Xavier Johnson's been okay. He's kind of, they're kind of have moved on and played uh, Cups, the young guy, a little bit more. I noticed on, on Sunday, he played like 31 minutes. And I mean, they're okay. I'm not saying those guys couldn't have a day against Nebraska. They, they could, but the Huskers have done such a good job against point guards in PBA, really good ones like Boo Booey and Baldwin and Chucky and all those guys. It's like, take that on the road now. Like, hassle one of those guys and have it be a day where he you know they just have trouble like getting into their offense for the first 10 seconds of the shot clock if nebraska can do that and be disruptive i i think they can win this game and and they should win this game however it's indiana in february and i know they're they're scuffling and they're probably not going to make the tournament and all that but i sort of have like that still that reverence for like going into a building like that with having to win you know a big game and like if they win there you'll feel like you did something um you know their season maybe they feel like was on the line sunday and they lost to northwestern and so you wonder where their head space is at um, I suppose it's possible they they can get themselves up for one more like, all right, this is it. We really mean it this time. Our season's on the line. Let's get it. And maybe they'll have that type of game. Um, I do think Nebraska, I don't always like when you play teams coming off a loss, actually. But I think in this case, maybe it's good because it it, it just might have t- taken a little out of this, you know, wind out of their sails. Like if they had won Sunday, they're kind of thinking, OK, we can make a push. And and now that's there. I'm sure it's a lot of negativity around there right now. Yeah, it, it's the, the last five games like there's some like actually some pretty interesting storylines with the teams that Nebraska has to play. Yeah. And, I mean, you've got. You end with Michigan where it's like a lame duck situation and you're trying not to 
finished in the basement of the Big Ten for the first time since the 60s. Ohio State's fired their head coach. They beat Purdue um, mm-hmm. with the interim set up. Um, you know, Rutgers is basically – they're a scrappy unit anyways, and they're kind of feel like they're fighting for their NCAA tournament lives or whatever is left of it. And then you've got Minnesota, which beat Nebraska earlier in the season. And, oh, by the way, you have to go to Indiana. I mean, it, it's – uh on paper, it it looks like it should be a, a road into the clubhouse where you can get some stuff done. But at the same time, like you kind of night to night, you almost have no idea where your opponent's heads are going to be. Yeah, I always think like when you get to league play, even if there's a team that has, you know, eight or nine wins in the league and there's a team of three or four, you still have to suit it up and know that if you don't play good ball, you're you're in trouble because I mean that th- these teams are decided by 10 to 12 point swings maybe. Um, and so that that's why I don't count any of these as a gimme. Um, you're right though. It's a weird situation. Like who knows by the time we get to Michigan with Nebraska, maybe needing that one, like what they're saying about Jawan Howard at that point, or if he's there, I, I mean, I, I don't know at this point with that. Um, and, and sometimes you get a weird game where they have something dramatic happening in their program and they step it up for one day, you know, um, on, on that Sunday. So that's, a, that's interesting. Ohio state's maybe like going to have that deal where they got a second wind and they got their interim and they won a big game and they're like, all right, let's do this and make a big story out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the good thing about the Ohio state win over Purdue is Purdue so um, embedded as a top tier team. They can't lose their quad one standing, obviously. And Ohio State, bizarrely to some, is actually a quad one game on the road because they're 64 at the moment. They moved up eight spots to that after the win. Um, if you're in the top 75 and you win, say if Nebraska were to win on the road and they're in the top 75, that counts as a quad one. It also, if Ohio State could stay there, means that home win that Nebraska had at PBA is a quad two. And so... Um, that was useful that Ohio state won that game. So there's all these interesting little quirks going on that I think is fun. I think Nebraska fans are having some fun with it. We see it on our message board, you know, like people are watching the big 10 games on a Thursday night that they wouldn't have in the past. And um, I, as I say, like, it'd be cool. Like now with football, if that happens too, where we get into like scoreboard watching, like we used to do around here. Yeah. You got people watching Miak games and stuff like that to see who's going to steal bids, things Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, we got a great bubble thread going. Uh, yeah, we'll give NU student a shout out on that one. He does a nice job with it. So that, yeah, that and people are into it. So it, it's a cool thing um, to not just for number, what we're watching Nebraska specifically, but college basketball is interesting to people. Anything else? I don't think so. Do you have anything to say? I got, I got nothing. This was, this was informative. I'm, I got to get, get, uh, get in that thread and see who I'm rooting for tonight. Yeah, yeah, he they listed off about four or five games. Um, um, it's a nice little cheat sheet for people, um, so they can they can pop in there. But we will try to do that too. Um, you've been keeping with the bracketology stuff. It looks like they're like a ten eleven right now, sort of in that category. So it's that you're in, but don't yeah. don't don't biff around much category. Yeah. They they snuck into the top fifty in, in the. Uh, um... Blanking AT, AT rankings, net, net rankings, and uh, yeah, they, they seem to be 
with each passing day just slowly creeping a little bit more into the tournament in most brackets than they were last week. So do you have a thought on uh, like, okay, there's five games left and then the tourney, do you have a thought on like a win total you'd say in your head? Like you feel comfortable if they do it? I don't know. I've been saying 11 and nine in conference and I'd feel Mm -hmm. okay about it. 11 and nine and maybe you win one in Minneapolis and you're you're feeling okay there um i don't know it it it, it, i guess the last five it kind of depends how it shakes out and what those five are but i mean you gotta you gotta get at least one on the road i I think if not you know somehow find a way to get two the strange thing um is the way it works is the minnesota and Rutgers are like quad three games because they're at pba but both are like dangerous matchups. I feel like for Nebraska, specifically Minnesota, if anyone watched them play um, recently and Sunday, um, they're feeling good about themselves. So that's going to be a big time game. Um, obviously, there'd be there's going to be juice in the building no matter what. But if you could get this one on Wednesday and roll in a PBA and like if Monday morning we're talking about two wins this week or whatever, yeah. um, you're feeling really good about where you sit. Um, so. Huge, huge four to five days, um, but it's better than what it's been in the past. We're, we're talking about this, and it, it's, uh, it's it's fun territory to be in. Yeah, not counting down the days to spring football uh, is a good place to be. So, yeah, uh, so yeah, I, th- I think that's all we got for today. Um, Brian will have full coverage from the uh, matchup with Indiana on Wednesday night. Um, so keep it locked in on Husker 24-7. Not only for Nebraska hoops coverage, but also – who you're also rooting for around the country. Keep it Mm -hmm. locked in there.